Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And of course, we're going to continue on with uh, Women's History Month with having uh, highlighting black women in sports. And today's guest is Miss Sheena Quick. But of course, before we talk to Sheena and go over her career and, and all the things she has done and talk a little bit about the combine as well, but We'll get into that, but up first, you know, I always got to get something off my chest, and this week, or this time, I should say, I don't know if it's necessarily a gripe, but it's just an interesting reflection. Now, you know, you always had that one time where in your life where you were on top and you're like, okay, cool. This setup is perfect for me. I got the right coach or the right situation. Everything is going to play perfect. And you get right into that situation and everything bombs. You can't get anything right. You can't figure anything out. And this whole sit- the whole situation just turns into something of a nightmare instead of a great thing that you thought it may be. Which leads me to the situation with the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz wasn't necessarily having a great time in Philadelphia, you know, post-Super Bowl. Of course, he couldn't get his rhythm back after he tore his ACL. he He just didn't look the same when he came back. He was trying to play hero ball, throwing, you know, passes that he had no business throwing, and ultimately got him benched, and Jalen Hurts took over. Of course, Mr. Wentz didn't like that. He didn't like that one bit. And eventually, he was out of Philadelphia. But oh no, he wasn't out of Philadelphia via via being waived or anything like that. He wanted to be traded. And who is the one guy that wanted him? That'd be Mr. Frank Reich, coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And for those that aren't aware, when Carson Wentz had his best season, his MVP season, you know, the season he tore his ACL, by the way, anyway, um, Frank Reich was the the one of the coaches on the staff there. I believe the quarterbacks coach or or offensive coordinator. I cannot remember exactly, but he was a coach on that staff, and those two had great rapport. So of course he's like, "Oh, Carson's available. We need a quarterback. Philip Rivers is not here. Let's bring him in." Of course they make a trade for him. Uh, they give up uh, a pick that ends up turning into a first rounder because he plays all season this past season. And, you know, he thinks all is well. Maybe he can fix Carson Wentz. Maybe he can make Carson Wentz great. Now, Carson Wentz has great numbers. If you look at it, he didn't have double-digit interceptions. 
he made some plays, and he definitely made some plays to help them win. However, if you look at the games outside the numbers in those clutch times, he didn't come through. Needless to say, in clutch times, he didn't come through because, of course, you look at the two times he played against the Tennessee Titans, who won the division, by the way. The first time, of course, you know, you give him a little bit of a pass. He had two sprained ankles he was playing on, which, you know, it's amazing that someone can sprain both their ankles in the same game. But I digress. But in the second game, he had a chance to win that game. And, of course, he gets picked by Kevin Byard. All pro safety for the Titans in a big moment. Of course, the last two losses, I can't say they were on all on Carson Wentz with uh, those losses being against the Oakland Raiders and who made the playoffs and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who the Colts haven't beat since, what, 2014, 13? Yes, those all weren't on him. However, he did play a hand in those losses. He did throw interceptions. He did make decisions that make you kind of scratch your head just a little bit. And if you could read the tea leaves of what was being said by Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, and by head coach Frank Wright, talking about if he's going to be here or or don't know what's going to happen, or leaving that kind of language out there, you knew that Carson Wentz was not going to be a Colt next year. And that's pretty interesting, being that Carson Wentz was Frank Wright's boy. He was like, yes, that's my guy. He's coming to town. Yes, I need him on my team. I can I can make him right. Well, all that left in one season. And now you have Carson Wentz getting traded to the Washington Commanders. Yes, the Washington Commanders. They have giving him one more chance to be a starting quarterback. Now, we don't know how things will work out there, but we've seen a picture of things, and hmm, we'll see. But what I can say is he had his chance, he had his perfect situation, and it all went away at the drop of a dime because he just couldn't come through. That's my get-off-your-chest segment for the week. Up next, my interview with Sheena Quick on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Do you feel the need? The need for speed? Yeah. I know, we're not living in Top Gun times. But if you have a middle or high school student looking to gain speed, or you are a collegiate or professional athlete that's wanting to get faster, then you need to check out Hulk Flash Performance, a partner of X3 Performance located at Boost Fit Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Middle schoolers, you can train up to two times a week for $200 and high schoolers, three times a week for $300. Now let me give you some facts about speed training. Speed training is a skill that grows like a tree, meaning you could see quick and dramatic improvements, but for the best results, those happen over long periods of time. Are you ready to commit to the process? If so, you can fill out the form at form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. Again, 
That is forum.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. And someone will contact you as soon as possible. Let's Let's get you to top speed with Hulk Flash Performance. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And last episode, we went to North Carolina. We liked it so much, we're going back again <laughs> to North Carolina. Joining me on the show this time around is a person that everyone would know by now if they don't. And I'm going <laughs> to... you gassing me, Mike. <laughs> I'm just you saying, are hey, you are, you, you, you're pretty much everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, I'm gonna. Uh, the floor is yours, Miss Sheena. Quick, tell everybody just basically all the things that you do. I am. I don't even know. Do you? Is it multimedia journalist? Because I do uh, some on-air stuff, but I'm also a writer. I cover um, primarily the NFL, but also, you know, if need be, I could throw in some college hoops. I cover um, NASCAR and uh, the Big Three. So. Right. And I cover the Carolina Panthers, as you kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, I also have a bi-weekly sports column on Revolt called The Halftime Report. And if you guys follow me on social media, I like food, so I'm always cooking, too. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, we're definitely going to touch on the food a little later. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, so, you know, you, you uh, I did a little homework on you. And, of course, I know you ran track. Oh, okay, okay. So, no, no, no. That, I'm, no, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> so how did you go from, you know, track to now writing and doing television? How did that transition happen? I have probably had the most unorthodox path to sports media as anybody because I did not go to journalism school. My degrees are in accounting and international marketing. And I was actually working in accounting from the time, you know, I finished school until about eh, 2017-ish. I started sports journalism in 2016. It was something that kind of just started out as a hobby. I've always been an athlete. Um, I've always watched sports. Even after, you know, my career was over and I was a mom, I'm still really, really, really involved in sports. And I started writing about sports as a hobby. And it kind of just really took off from there. I was like, I kind of kind of like this and people seem to like what I have to say that's it still blows me away that people want to hear my opinion by the way like it really like <laughs> it listen it really blows me away I'm like y'all want you want my opinion you want me to say okay this is what I think so that's kind of been my path and I'm just honestly learning as I go along gotcha now I will say I do enjoy hearing you pack up people on the quick with <laughs> podcast with you and uh Bastai <laughs> What you what you mean, Mike? I'm the good cop. Vashti's the bad cop. I'm the good cop. I only okay, if well, I pack you up, it's because you really, really, really deserve the packaging. <laughs> like you, you have to really deserve it. Like you know, I might throw a little jab here and there, but if I completely pack you up, you have that coming. <laughs> well, you heard it here from her first, but you know, I, I, I yeah, you, you you pack some people up. We're just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know away from uh you know how you began your career in terms of writing and uh and television now i will say i didn't go to college for journalism either i actually oh. went to for i have a marketing degree so oh wow okay so yeah 
So unorthodox, yeah, we don't orthodox. So, uh, <laughs> so as far as uh, you know, I, I you know, you just got back from the combine. I gotta I talk do. about that now. The standouts. Who were some of the people that stood out to you while you were up there? Um, obviously, you know Jordan Davis. Obviously, um, he. I mean, I haven't seen a big man move like that in forever. Well, no, I'm going to say ever, not for in forever, but ever. Um, Malik Willis was also a standout. Um, we had our eyes on Charles Cross because I figured that he. I went in. Let me just say this: I went into Indy thinking there was no way, no how the Panthers would pick a quarterback at number six. Mainly, not just because you know this class has a lot of question marks with it. Now, I mentioned on the news um, earlier in the week that if Mitch Trubisky is the best option out there that says a lot about the quarterback class, it says a lot about the free the guys that are set to become free agents next week. Um, and it's unsettling. Like Mitch Trubisky is supposed to be the cream of the crop. Like that's a little bit unsettling to me. So I was just like, ah, you know, and then Matt Rule has to win. His job status is up in the air right now. Like he's going into year three is make or break. I didn't feel like he would hinge all of that on the shoulders of a rookie. But I left Indianapolis impressed by Malik Willis and genuinely feel that they are a possible. He is a possibility to become a, a Carolina Panther if he's available at six, especially yeah. if they can't find a vet QB. So at, on one end, I'm like, OK, you're not going to trust a rookie with that. But then on the other end, I'm like, he's kind of over two with the vets. So you might want to try something a little different. So it, it definitely murkied up the waters even more when it comes to what the Panthers may do in late April. I will say that um, Charles Cross's stock grew. It, it, it got higher. It improved. So he may not even be there at six. I mean, we're seeing some some offensive linemen. I, I think it'll be at least three taken in the top five. So I would just say hmm. that whole old lineman class, they're kind of often the forgotten guys. They they impress me because Carolina definitely needs to shore up their offensive line. Like they, But this is kind of what their issue is every offseason. And they haven't been able to fix it in free agency. You know, they um they recruit not recruited. I'm sorry. They drafted. Uh, I want to say Greg Little. I always get him mixed up. I always get him mixed up with the UNC basketball player by the same name. <laughs> uh, and they're totally oh, different. Wow. Like you know, a little back in the day. But yeah, um, they even tried to address. You know, the last time the draft was in in your city in Nashville, and he ended up not working out. Eventually, was traded to the Dolphins, and I believe he ended up on IR and didn't even finish the season last year. So they've just really had bad luck. No one was a fan of the early, early free agents um, signings um, that the Panthers did last year on the offensive line. And, you know, those guys stayed hurt. I want to say both of them ended up on, on season-ending IR as well. So it, 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 it gets a little funky. Then you got to throw in the fact that they only have one pick in the first 100. They don't pick again until 105. After they pick at six, they don't pick again to 105. So there's always the option or the possibility that someone, <laughs> the Steelers, if they don't get their quarterback situation rectified in free agency, they could jump up and, and, and want to, you know, take Malik Willis with that number six pick. And in turn, trade the Panthers would be trading back to get some of those picks that they lost when they acquired C.J. Henderson and Sam Darnold. So it's just it's never a dull moment with this team. And anybody that says that they know what's happening with the Panthers with absolute certainty is lying because it literally changes daily. Right. I mean, with, with as it does with a lot of teams in the NFL, yeah. I mean, you could say this person's going to stay, this person's going to leave. And then next thing you know, it could flip flop. So I definitely exactly. understand that. 
Now, you did speak about uh, Mr. Rule. And I did. The, I call him the rulisms when he talks. He does, yeah, I could see that. He has some rulisms. I could see that. Especially the Jay-Z talk. I was like, God, don't ever say that again. Well, <laughs> the Jay in that one, um, that one person that you're talking about, he also referenced Fresh Prince, like oh, walking in and everybody's gone out of the um out of the living room in Bel Air. And I'm thinking to myself, that might be you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying, but you know, I think that he's just trying to relate. He's trying to relate to fans. Um, he's trying to relate to the guys. You know, he is coming from college, so he's used to dealing with younger players and things of that nature. So it is, he kind of got, he, he walked into not a great situation and it kind of catapulted and snowballed from there. You know, so, you know, you're one to two decisions away from being out of a job. And unfortunately for him, he has just not been able to get it right at the quarterback position. That's one of the, if not the most important position on the field, and he's over two. Right. So he definitely has his rulisms, and he's trying to relate to the fans. I mean, he's he seems to. Um, my issue is the lack of accountability. That that's that's long been my issue with him. I just because coming from Ron Rivera to Matt Rule, they're just two totally different coaches. You know, right. you get guys that say they love playing for Ron. You get guys that say they love playing for Matt Rule. Most of the guys that say that have been coached by him in college. But there's also other vets on. Well, not, I'm not even gonna say vets, but guys on other teams that you know they say Coach Rule changed their lives in college. You know, so it's 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 all subjective to who you're talking to when it comes to Matt Rule and. Coming out of a COVID season, which I think honestly bought him a third year. I think that if COVID didn't happen, he's gone after two five-win seasons. But I think he kind of got um, – there was a little bit of an asterisk behind – beside that first season because he didn't have a full off season. You know, COVID made things pretty difficult. You know, he was not able to interface with fans the way that, you know, Ron Rivera and his family were able to get out in the community. So he's been hampered by COVID, and I think that – um, that's one of the factors that, you know, I don't make excuses for coach rule, but I, 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 for one, don't make excuses for coach rule. But right. I think that the, the, the rulisms and the, the Jay-Z references, I think he's trying to find a way to make himself more relatable to, um, Carolina Panthers fans. No, he's, he's definitely interesting to me. I mean, honestly, the funniest thing I think about him is talking about his plan. That's always funny to me because it always it's funny because nobody knows what it is. Right. That, exactly. Listen, the process is just as present as Tommy's job in Martin. <laughs> like we never knew what Tommy's job was. So I don't know if we will ever know what the process consists of. Right. I mean, yeah, is you're it right. tangible. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, I don't know. We, mm -hmm. we, we don't know what the process is, but he said it's a thousand percent working whether you and I can see it or not. Oh boy, this almost sounds like uh, we're we're traveling into the emperor's new clothes territory. No, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't do that. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> but yeah, as far as uh, the Panthers, that we can talk about them on the field, I should say that. Um, of course, there are some rumors around uh, Christian McCaffrey right now. I don't know how real they are or not, but there are some rumors about him and. Uh, Trade rumors. Now, are there any type of is there any type of validity to that? I think there absolutely is validity to that. Now, I can't speak as to specifically which teams um, would be, you know, 
a destination or a possibility. But I think it's very logical now, you know, with him only playing 10 of the last 33 games, um, coincidentally, since he signed the contract extension, I think Panthers fans are getting they're, they're warming back up. They're warming up to the possibility of Christian McCaffrey not being a Panther next season. Now, had you had this time last year? You would have been burned at the stake for suggesting that they trade Christian McCaffrey. He's been a workhorse. He is a dynamic player. And most of the time over the last couple of years, he's been their only offensive weapon. He's been Mr. Do-it-all other than, you know, DJ Moore. You know, he's he's been your – there were several times where Christian McCaffrey was the most targeted receiver. You know, where he led the receivers and the, um, and the running backs. You know, he was a part of that coveted 1,000-1,000 club. You know, he is a dynamic player, but the – best or the most important ability when it comes to professional sports is availability. And he just hasn't been there. So yeah, you might have Christian McCaffrey on your roster, but people are used to his presence no longer being on the field. So they are more susceptible and more, you know, warmed up to the idea of him actually being traded elsewhere to shore up other areas on the team. But what's going to be crazy is if he's traded and balls the hell out and has a completely healthy season next season. Man, Panthers Twitter is going to start a riot. Do you hear me? It's going to go down. <laughs> if he gets traded and plays a full season, people are going to lose it. But I do think that there has to be validity to those rumors. It has to be. But one of the things that um, murkies the water is that they haven't started paying that extension yet. Ah. The extension that made him the most, the highest paid running back at the time of the signing, that, that, that contract, that part of the contract hasn't even been enact I mean, i'm sorry activated yet they have not paid anything on that just yet so they will definitely be taking a hit and um but i mean the good part is you know it's going to be hard for them to offload sam darnold for 18 million but it's not going to be hard for them to offload christian mccaffrey especially if you have a contender that feels that they're just a running back away i feel like somebody will pay that yeah uh, i don't know when i think of sam darnold i can't help but to think that uh you know it's kind of like, you know, you got a Pinto with about 55% interest. That's what I kind of think about when, when – I ball. mean, when that trade went down, I said that is a lateral move at best from Teddy Bridgewater. At the very best, it was going to be a lateral move. It turned out to not even be that because, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, everybody that had a problem with Teddy Bridgewater, I, I find myself saying this all the time. Teddy Bridgewater did not have a disappointing season in Carolina. He had a Teddy Bridgewater season. Like his performance was right on par with what he has done since he entered the league. He just happened to be on teams that played complimentary football. And the Panthers were not a team that could play complimentary football when he was the starter. You know, you lose Christian McCaffrey, who they basically center their entire offense around, which was not, in, was not smart. Should never base all of that on one player. Cause as you can see, when that player is unavailable, everything falls apart, but he had statistically one of his best seasons since he's been a pro. It just wasn't enough. He, he, luckily he was on teams in Minnesota with, you know, strong defense. He didn't have to do anything, but, but protect the ball in Carolina. He was going to be asked to make plays and he was also stepping into some pretty big shoes in Cam Newton. People did not like the way that that went down his first exit. So, Enter, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. You you announced that you're letting Cam seek a trade. Hours later, you announced the signing of Teddy Bridgewater, and it got him a lot of hatred that he really didn't even deserve. Gotcha. So then you go from Teddy Bridgewater, who's you know run of the mill, run of the mill, to Sam Darnold, mm. and it was just the craziest thing to me because 
it's one thing to draft a rookie that has all this upside and it doesn't pan out. But it's another thing to trade <laughs> to trade for a quarterback who you have, he has film, he has NFL film, and it looks bad. And then on top of trading for him, you pick up his fifth-year option before he even throws a pass, before he even gets to make his first order at Bojangles. Like, I don't even know if he was in North Carolina yet. Like, he hadn't even had his first Bojangles Bowberry biscuit, and he signed, you know, and they picked up that option. It just didn't It didn't make sense to me. And I always said, if, if Darnold doesn't pan out, Matt Rule is at stake. I've literally always said that on Quick Quick Blitz, Quick Blitz, and you 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 are like one of our biggest supporters, Michael. So I know you listen to it. You're there every week, every time we drop a new episode. I always said that this move was lateral at best, and it ain't even proved to be lateral. And right. um, but I always wondered. I'm like, well, what went into that into that decision? Like, it can't be that you know. Oh my God, you know this film is dynamic. He just he got hurt this year, or the, they blamed a lot of that on Adam Gase. Adam Gase ain't here no more. Not saying he came to a much better coaching situation in Carolina because those guys are don't have a ton of experience, but Sam Darnold is proven to be Sam Darnold. He's he's who we he's who I thought he was. How about that? Yes. Sam Darnold is exactly who I thought he was. And it's going to be hard for them to offload that, but they're willing to pay a portion of that option to get to send him on his way. And then that's going to put that's going to be two seasons in a row that you're paying a quarterback that's on another team. Not good. Not good at all. Um, Now, I will say what would be the number one thing you need to that you feel the Panthers need to address this offseason? You know, besides, uh, you know, offensive line, of course, any Mm -hmm. other things you think they need to address? You know, of course, quarterback. But outside of that. um, In-game adjustments. (laughs) because I've seen no seriously I've seen them ball out in the first half and then you know the other team goes and they make adjustments to shut down whatever was working for the Panthers but the Panthers don't adapt and change again so that's what one that's one of the things that I would say um they really need to focus on is the in-game adjustments trusting their coaching staff um there's no reason for them to have the third quarter meltdowns that they've had I mean it was one statistic in where I, I mean I forgot how many minutes they had gone without scoring wow which was it was absolutely, it was insane. Like it was a crazy statistic. Um, another thing that has to go, those black uniforms, toss those, toss them jokers in the trash. Like they play absolute garbage. <laughs> Straight basura in the all black unis. Toss them joints, toss the black uniforms until you can, you know, get get a little bit of, get, to establish a winning culture to, you know, to quote Matt Rule, until you establish a winning culture, do not come out in all black. Like it's almost like y'all are walking to your own funeral. So don't do that. So no black uniforms, in-game adjustments. Um, well, I guess the D, you know, getting DJ Moore and Ro- getting Robbie Anderson involved is still, that still goes back to a quarterback type of question but make sure that your skilled players are skilled you know make sure that there's no more salary cap nightmares like you know they're actually going to lose possibly lose Hassan Reddick but they've done some more um you know restructuring deals and things like that to free up some money so just being smarter on the money side of things I think that we're going to see a difference in roster because Matt Rule had a lot of control and I don't know, but I in Indy, when he did talk to us, I get the sense I don't get the sense that he's as much in control as he was. 
Gotcha. Don't quote me on it. I'm not 100% sure. I don't have any source that told me that. It's just my observation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Totally understand. Uh, okay. So we've got, you know, we got a little football, talked about, you know, the combine, things like that. But of course, we do have a game. <laughs> I like be, games. I like games. Bring it on. Bring it on. There'll be two answers. There are two questions. Okay. Two, you know, you know, two choices, I should say. Okay. And of course, you got to pick one. Can't get out of it. No, no, we ain't throwing no C in there. No, it's just A and B. But okay, here we go. We got Flojo or Jackie Joyner Kersey. Jackie Joyner Kersey. All right, all right. I thought that one might be a little might make you th- make you think a little bit, but hey, we'll go to the next. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Jackie Joyner for sure. All right, now she did everything. Yeah, yeah, she did. You're right. You're right. I actually passed by uh, Flojo School when I went to uh, California last. So, yeah, yeah school name. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, more fun to make, dinner or dessert? Dessert. Now, for those that don't know, Sheena posts a bunch of uh, <laughs> and videos of food she makes. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll let them have your social media and you, you, you can have them go check that out there. But um, let's see. Next one, Sam Mills or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. <laughs> I mean, I it's, I th- that's, a, that's a generational thing, though. So, you know, Cam, when I think of the Carolina Panthers, I think of Cam Newton. Of course, you know, the keep pounding. No disrespect to Sam Mills. Congratulations on his induction into impending induction into the um, into the um, Pro Football Hall of Fame. But uh, I, I I say Cam Newton because I covered him. I actually, you know, know him. So mm-hmm. that's my choice. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, we're going to go to North Carolina State here. Let's Tory go. Holt or Haywood Jeffries? Tory Holt. <laughs> These ain't hard. Oh. I thought you were. I thought you were coming. I thought you were coming with it, Mike. These are not hard. Oh, I thought they might be a little more challenging. Hey, I was wrong. <laughs> Dropped my ring light. I'm sorry because I had it up here, and then Aiden came and yeah. did what what kids do. Yeah, gotta love it, right? Gotta love kids. <laughs> Out of control. Out of control. <laughs> now, I'm like, I can't believe these quick. Well, I thought you were gonna stump me, Mike. <laughs> Okay, last one. I, I I give you this one. Sneakers or pumps? Sneakers. Sneakers. All right. Anyone All right. that knows me knows I got I, I keep some flats. I might pose in, in heels, but trust me, flats are very nearby. <laughs> They're just not pictured. They're very nearby. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I tried with the questions I had. I didn't expect you, you to did. answer. I know. I thought you thought I thought you were about to come in here and stump the Schwab <laughs> or, or stump the Sheena, but no. <laughs> And don't, now, don't come with nothing crazy next time. Trying to, <laughs> I don't know. I might. I don't know. You know, I, I'm talking too much. I, you know, I t- I'm talking trash, but you know, it's yeah, all jazz. I already know. I already know. Now, my last question for you, um, I have: uh, What is a, a a black woman that inspired you to kind of do what you currently do now? Um, I would say my fifth grade teacher, Miss Ingram. Okay. Because she was tough as nails. But looking back um, on it, she was honestly the first um, black teacher that I remembered. The other black teacher was my Head Start teacher. And I actually, her name is Miss Russell. My mom would see her all the time, like almost weekly. Um, I know for me, remembering my teacher when I was three and four years old, but her name was Miss Russell. But um, as far as inspiring me 
today, I would definitely say Miss Ingram from Union Hill Elementary. She was my fifth grade teacher and she was tough as nails. I used to think she was mean as hell, but she was a strong black woman. And we had been conditioned to feel like there was something wrong with displaying your strength as a black woman. So that's why I say she's been the most inspirational to me today. Like she's definitely going to tell you what's on, what's on her mind. Actually, I'm going to find her on Facebook. Send me a recording of this. She needs to know that she she inspired me. <laughs> no, but um, definitely Miss Ingram, man. Miss Ingram was so smart, so talented, and so headstrong. She was unapologetically black, and I love that about her. Well, you know, I didn't expect a fifth grade teacher, but hey, you know, you you, you yeah. definitely laid out the reasons, and I cannot deny any of those. You know, um. I will say, um, of course, we've come to the end of our time. Uh, I want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking thank about. Thank you for having food. me. Of course, you didn't talk about. Uh, let's see, we're gonna talk about Quick Blitz, Revolt. Um, but no, no, I'm gonna let you talk about where they can all reach you. And of course, I didn't talk about. We didn't talk about the food or anything like that. You know, you still ain't sent no food to me down here. You know, Listen, you you over there with the hot chicken, like you you got all the the slim and huskies. You got mad food choices out there in Nashville. That's true. That's true. But uh, again, <laughs> a pleasure having you on. And uh, if thank you, you would, for having me. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. And uh, if you would uh, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what all you have um, going on. Okay, so you know, as mentioned before, I do have the Quick Blitz podcast with um, Vashti Heard. We'll be starting that back up. Um, shortly, probably around the draft is when we'll kick off season three for that. And that's on the Riot Network. Um, and of course, you can catch my biweekly column on revolt.tv. Today's column was focused on Brittany Griner, um, the lack of media attention and, and just kind of some background information that people may not have known about her as like what she's doing in Russia. Is she coming home? How is she getting back? All of that stuff. So that's called the halftime report. And that runs bi-weekly, normally on Wednesdays. We just switched it to Britney last minute. So that's why it ran today. So you guys can check that out today. And then again in two more weeks. You can read some of the stuff I've written before. Pretty the topics are pretty evergreen. Um, so it's never really old. Uh, I'm also still a contributor for Fox 1340 AM. That's where you'll find all of my Panthers analysis as well as on my social media networks on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is the same on both is at Sheena underscore Marie and the number three. I recently started a TikTok. I don't post a lot over there because it's just too much work. <laughs> and I think um, <laughs> the, the my TikTok, I think, is she quick three or it might just be she quick. She quick or she quick three. It ain't nothing but food on there. So you'll know it's me. <laughs> um, I think that sums about Queen, Queen nah, and, and I I do Queen City News. I'm I'm a frequent guest on there. I'll probably be back on there as we get closer to the draft. Or I'm sorry, before that, free agency kicks off next week. So we will be learning about where Cam Newton stands with the team before free agency starts. So be on the lookout for some news coming down the pipeline as well as some trades. I think we see a big trade coming out of Carolina um during free agency. Ah, so buckle up, there. buckle up. Right, but um, right. thank you for having me, Mike. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, and now we've come to the end of touring the AFC South for this week. My guest, Miss Sheena Quig. Uh, you've been, uh, I guess, checking out touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.